Break Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Some mums have contacted the Limerick Today show over the past few days to express their unhappiness at how crashes are running since the easing of COVID-19 restrictions. And uh, Anne-Marie is uh, with me. Good morning, anne Morning, Joe. What have you been told? Yeah, well, a few different mums over the last week or two have contacted us um, and it's on the back of the restrictions easing everywhere else and these mums were questioning why nothing seems to be hugely changing in their creches. Now these parents, for obvious reasons, they don't want to be named, they don't want to go on air they don't want a backlash from creches um, or to be seen to be making a fuss. So I had a chat with a few of them and some of the things that they've raised are that the parents are moving back to, you know, a hybrid situation of work or even in some cases back to full-time work, be it on the road or in the office. And they have to get back to having their children taken care of again, uh, full-time in creches. And they've said that... um, when dropping and collecting their children, they're not allowed back into the creche, which was the way it was before the pandemic. And all of these restrictions that were brought in during the pandemic don't seem to be changing. Um, There seems to be still restricted timeframes around drops and collections. Um, One mum, and she was pretty annoyed about it, said that she's never seen the inside of the creche. She's never seen the room that her child occupies each day. And I just thought this was bizarre because I remember, you know, sussing out creches and, and going to a few for my first child. And this is this lady's first child. You 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 made a judgment based on the mood in a creche and the rooms and that kind of thing. She didn't get to do this because it was during the pandemic. Mm. And she said she hasn't yet seen the room that the child occupies. And she finds it now unsettling that she just, she's no picture of where the child is every day in the crash, and another said when collecting her child after they've got a phone call to say the child is ill and that possibly the parents should take the child home she said it was like having to make an appointment to collect the child during the day she just couldn't arrive at the facility and pick up the child um, so you know some of these things seem to be continuing they're asking when will restrictions end they're not really getting answers they're still being told you know there's concerns about covid as well in some cases that it will be phased out that kind of thing but as of yet these parents um are still facing restrictions so frustration um upset and also as you say an unwillingness to come on the air they're afraid to be identified well yeah i mean it's not, it's not necessarily saying the crash is going to do anything but they i suppose they just feel uncomfortable because at the end of the day the day these people and facilities are looking after their precious children and they don't want to be seen to be making hassle. But yes, they're, yes, they're contacting us and asking us to raise it on the airwaves. So, you know, I'm doing my best here to put across the fears. Um, as I say, you know, a handful of parents have come forward. They have said they're, they're just not happy. They want to see changes now because everything else seems to be changing. And this is where the problem lies. The parents are expected to change back to the way they worked before the pandemic. But they don't have the corresponding facility uh, you know, with the with the um, facilities for what they need in terms of the childcare, right. and it is now proving stressful. But also, one mum even said to me, "I'm wondering now, will I take the child out of the creche and just change things completely because the, 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 the creche no longer is uh, facilitating me." 
happening. And meanwhile, of course, the government from next Monday are saying that pretty much all of the remaining uh, legal restrictions, the advice might still be there, but the legal restrictions will be lifted. And this is what's annoying them because they're asking why then are they in this position? Right. Uh, wh- why is this the case? Really interesting. Okay, well, uh, thank you, Marie, for summarising uh, those calls we're getting from mums locally. And Marion Quinn from the Irish Association of Childcare Professionals, based in Limerick herself, is on the line. Good morning to you, Marion. Good morning, Joe. First of all, what reassurance would you give to those mums who are afraid to come on the air here and express their views on this? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say to them, I mean, if, if their fear is about, um, you know, the partnership that they have with the services or that they would like to have with the services, because obviously, you know, both of them are, you know, um, invested in the best for their child. Um, I think that it is about talking to the service, um, not in an accusatory way, but in a, OK, look, I know that you don't necessarily know what's happening yet because you haven't got all the guidance that you need yet. Um, but, you know, is it your plan that, you know, as soon as the guidance does indicate, you know, that these measures can be removed um, or should be removed? Um, you know, is it your, what is your intention? Is it to go back to, will I be able to come into the service? You know, will I be able to um, come into the room to collect my child? You know, what is going to be the procedure? What is what is the, the kind of plan that they are putting in place? Um, you know, so I, I would say have, have the discussions with, with the service. I mean, the service is there for, um, or should be there to do the best for the child and for the family. Um, so it is about right. yeah having those open conversations. Yeah, and what uh, the mums have raised there and Amory summarised is that pretty typical of the way most childcare facilities in Limerick continue to operate. Yeah, well, you see, I mean, the restrictions are in place until next um, until next uh, Monday, and then it is the legal obligation to you know to comply with them um, that is gone. Um, there was communication went out to providers only yesterday, um, yesterday evening actually, um, you know, in relation to the removal of those. But then it did say the department was going to be working with the Health Protection Surveillance Centre, and that they would be working on putting guidance together for services about how to risk assess various different activities. So such as having visitors come into the centre and, and visitors include parents even though they are a part of the community um, but they, but essentially they are somebody coming into the service so how, how best to manage that how best to scale back pods because there's still going to be some um, support there for services to have pods there's going to be financial support there as well for that um, because while while you know, they're standing down a lot of the restrictions. There is still an acknowledgement that, you know, the COVID infection is still quite, is still very high. Um, and that, you know, children are not vaccinated. Um, so they're, you know, potentially a, a kind of risk, um, you know, at, 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 uh, you know, at risk in, in terms of how they would respond to, um, yeah. to, you know, if they got the virus. It's an unknown. Well, I mean, it's very interesting you should say that, Marion, because I have to say, I'm no medical expert far from it, but I'm scratching my own own head a little bit when you still hear of what 9,000 cases a day. I mean, politicians were telling us that once the peak was reached, then the daily figures would drop like a stone. Now, what's happened is they dropped from a a height of maybe 26,000 recorded cases a day down to where we are now. But that's still extremely high. I mean, there was a time that was obviously pre-vaccination and all of that when 400 cases a day were seen as enormous. 
Absolutely. And I suppose that would be a concern. So I suppose we're looking at it in terms of, yes, the health service is managing. And, and it seems, I mean, possibly that the decisions are made about the, you know, the health service not being, um, you know, uh, overburdened or, you know, um, on, on the risk of collapse in terms of being able to manage, you know, supporting people who need to be hospitalised. But we're hearing and, and, you know, I mean, this is from service providers, this is from people in the community, um, that people are getting quite sick, you know. I mean, yeah, they might not need to be hospitalised, but they're getting quite sick and they are, it's taking a significant period of time to recover. So I suppose um, providers in early year services, I mean, they are working um, in a lot of places with, you know, kind of reduced staff because the, the requirement even from next Monday on is going to be that if you have COVID-like symptoms um, and you won't be getting a PCR um, test, so but if you have COVID-like symptoms, you are supposed to stay out um, until you are, you know, 48 hours clear of the symptoms or substantially clear of the symptoms, whatever substantially means and, and who, who gets to decide that. Um, so children are still not supposed to go to services, you know, if they have any sim- COVID-like symptoms, nor are staff. So some of the measures that, you know, that staff, yeah, uh, that services Larry, have in terms the, of reduced... The, the, the reality is, and, and we all know this is the case, that what's going to happen and is already happening is people are making lots of individual judgments and they're judging a sniffle versus, you know, a, um, a temperature versus a, a tickle at the back of the throat. And because the world has moved on and everyone has to move on with it. And this seems to be the nub of the issue that a lot of the mums who contacted us have. Yes, absolutely. And I can understand that. But I suppose when you look at it from, from a service perspective, so they're still told that there's COVID-like symptoms and those are COVID-like symptoms. They're, they're obviously childhood symptoms and everyday symptoms as well of interacting with people in terms of cold, cough, you know, normal stuff or whatever. But they still are COVID-like symptoms. And so on, in the absence of guidance, you know, um, you know, which the Department of Children is going to be developing with the Health Protection um, Unit, um, in the absence of that, then they're kind of going, that is the guidance, and it is the guidance post-Monday as well. So I think, I mean, look, services have been, I, I know, I know having talked to, to services, you know, whether it's in after school or whether it's in early years, they have had children come in, you know, when, when the parents says, oh, okay, you know, this is a cough um, and, and it's an ongoing cough, or it's a cough that's, you know, a, a nervous cough or whatever like that. Um, you know, if the child hasn't, deter- you know, the symptom hasn't deteriorated, um, they are coming back into services before it's gone. Yeah. Um, because they're, you know, so they're allowing that. The other difficulty is that the the population in the country that's still largely unvaccinated is the 5 to 11 year olds and Mm. the government are not shouting this from the rooftops but the reality is that the percentage of those in the 5 to 11 age range that have taken up the vaccine is relatively low and there's all these talk about whether it needs to be encouraged through schools more or whatever, that's one point. But of course under fives and creches are mainly dealing with them, they are completely unvaccinated. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, and that is, I mean, I suppose, you know, at, at the crux of this in terms of, okay, what is best to do? And we don't know. I mean, you know, in terms of the evidence and in terms of, you know, internationally, um, you know, about vaccinating under fives. And we know, we can see the reluctance, you know, in, in parents, you know, with children over five. Um, and there's even, even more of a reluctance in terms of children underneath because, because I suppose we haven't heard, um, you know, about significant hospitalization. Now, there is hospitalization of children under fives, but we haven't heard about significant numbers of hospitalization. But that doesn't mean 
mean that children don't have um, or don't get COVID and that they don't transmit COVID. And that, that, and that means that staff could be out, in which case the service will need to operate a restricted capacity, or that children, you know, I mean, yeah, if they're close contact and asymptomatic, they won't need to stay at home. That's, that's going to be the new guidance, you know, that, that's out there. Um, but I suppose I, I completely empathise, and it is completely difficult. I mean, it's so frustrating for parents not to be able to go into a service. It is about partnership. They should be on a, a you know, a very familiar basis with the educators who are working with their children, and they should be able to picture where their child is and what, you know, and what the toys they're playing with um, and the type of interactions they're having. Absolutely. I mean, it would be what you'd recommend for best practice in your finding centre is to get that feel right. of the service. Uh, we're trying to Marion Quinn from the Irish Association of Childcare Professionals, uh, based here in Limerick, of course, herself. By the way, this app that used to exist where people could see what was happening in a room of a creche in real time. Have they gone or are they still there or what? Now, the app in terms of where, where they could have camera access? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that wasn't widespread. I mean, some services had that, but I mean, there is, there is um, issues in relation to, um, you know, kind of, you're not just getting to see your own child, <clears throat> you're getting to see other children as well. Yes. And the kind of judgment can be made about children, etc. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and not just GDPR, but I mean, in terms of, you know, I mean, people having discussions about children going, oh, did you see the way that child would behave? You know, I mean, I I'm not saying the parents yes. would, but it can but happen. No, but it can, it can happen, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, so it seems to me that what you're saying is that for the foreseeable future, because of the financial support from uh, the government uh, and they come with some strings attached to just by virtue of the way they're set out, um, that mask wearing and concerns about releasing the pods too early and all of the other things you've talked about, um, it suggested, including restricted hours, of course, as we know, you know, creches are not open um, for as many hours as they used to be pre-pandemic. All of that is going to stay in place possibly for months. No, well, I think they'll start scaling back. I think service providers, I mean, they do, you know, very often take a very pro- pragmatic approach in terms of if they have the staff um, and they can facilitate it. Like I know um, even during the pandemic, you know, you were, you were required to maintain the pods where possible. And on occasion, the pods weren't maintained because, you know, I mean, they were down staff, so it was better to, you know, have the children in ratio, I mean, appropriate ratio, but, but maybe having two groups of children where they were totally separate um, and now having them, you know, um, having them maybe uh, together in the morning, you know, um, when the children will come in before they go off to their own rooms. So providers, you know, in, in Maine do take a pragmatic approach of that, but they will they will need to be um, risk assessing, you know, kind of what is the risk of having, you know, kind of people in. So if it's like, you know, going back to normal um, where the parent comes into the room and helps the child put away their stuff and kind of settles them in, you know, maybe hangs on for a few minutes, says goodbye or whatever. Well, that could, you've got to manage how many parents could be coming in. If you have 22 children in a room or if you have 10 children in yes. a room, um, you could have that amount of parents in at a time. So what do you do? Do you stagger the starting um, because that's a lot of people in a room um, you know so so they will need to risk assess and decide how best to do okay. that but I think providers should have the conversations um, with parents and kind of say look our intention is as, as soon and, as and, possible and, to and, and that. that and that, that would include extending the hours I presume back to a more oh, normal absolutely. Hours. Yeah, okay. absolutely right. well it's very interesting listen thank you so much uh, for that and hopefully that gives some reassurance to uh, the mums who've contacted us on the Limerick Today show Marion Quinn there from the Irish Association of Childcare Professionals based in Limerick your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.